Hi, welcome to another episode of Not Another Bad Movie Podcast with me, Megan, and me, Kathy. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Have I always said Kathy or do I say Kathleen? It's really I think hard. you usually say Kathleen <laughs> and that made me confused. See, so, I mean, you're in front of me. I know who you are. I know. <laughs> well, you know, it's just funny with names because, I mean, I'm Kathleen, I'm Kathy, and also I'm Kate, which is, I love. So, uh, it's really funny. So, I don't know how I introduce myself other than the fact that I try not to say my last name. Although, it's pretty obvious what my last name is, I try not to say it. <laughs> anyway, back to the Not Another Bad Movie podcast. Which is the podcast you're listening to right now. In case you thought, oh my gosh, what have I actually pressed? That's what you did. That's what you selected. Yeah, I don't know if you meant to, but you're here now, so why don't you just, you know, relax. Stay a while. <laughs> Stay a while. I'm <laughs> sorry. Uh, so, yeah, we watched a movie, which is what we do here. It was a Hallmark movie. It was. It's called After All These Years. Which, you know, always brings to mind the song, Still Crazy After All These Years. And that's all I'm going to sing for you. <laughs> Oh, still crazy. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, so this movie had in it, uh, let's see. Uh, people. Wendy Malick, who, by the way, I'm terrible with names, so that might not mean anything to you. Now, if you're good with names, you'll be like, oh my gosh, she was in, and you can list like 20 things. La- ladies and, and if you're not, you can just go to IMDb like we did, <laughs> and then you'll be able to list off like a lot of things. Well, the funny thing is we see her and we go, oh my gosh, I know her. And then you try and remember what she was in. You're like, I can't remember what I remember her in. But I thought what was interesting in this movie, side note, before we start into real notes, is that she changed a lot. She changed her look several times, and it really did make her look different, and sometimes younger and sometimes not younger. And I have to admit... It's almost like she's just take pictures of that and know what does look younger and use that in real life. So it was pretty impressive. <laughs> I'm taking notes for future for myself. This wig looks good. That wig doesn't look good. Hair pulled back, makeup, certain outfits made her look not. She's a very thin woman. She's um. We looked up in the movie she's in. Uh, she was like in Frasier for a while. She was in Just Shoot Me, um, Hot in Cleveland. And um, so you would recognize her as like the tall, really thin uh, brown hair woman who was always the comedic one. Um, I guess they're all kind of funny and hot in Cleveland, but anyway, so, and Megan, I'm sorry, go back, you can talk about um, the synopsis of the movie. <laughs> sure. So, this is a um, mystery thriller comedy, mashup. up um, I mean, don't we always? That's like, that's the best mashup ever. <laughs> yeah. We love a little murder when it's not real. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a dash of murder, if you will. <laughs> With a little bit of comedy. <laughs> yeah. Um, so... Uh, it starts this woman, she's happily married, but then she gets divorced. And then the next thing you know, her husband, uh, soon to be ex-husband is murdered in her kitchen. And obviously she's a suspect. I mean, wouldn't we all assume she did it? I yeah, mean, the guy, motive. yeah, I mean, really the, when, the more you find out about this guy, the more you're like, yeah, <laughs> he's not the greatest. No. And we'll tell you in a minute because it's kind of funny, but we'll finish with the synopsis. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so then she decides the best thing to do is go on the run and try to figure out who killed him. And uh, then uh, point a gun at someone uh, during a standoff with a police officer and explain all that happened. Kind of like uh, at the end of uh, like one of those books with, those, with that guy. Is that Poro guy? or I mean, all those guys. 
At the I, end of those know, books, the they're like, books, I'm I mean, going to explain what happened now. Little, oh, Hercules Pro. Yeah. <laughs> like a little synopsis, like Perry Mason, when all of a sudden people con- like confess their whole crime, and you're going, why is it not all like that? People should always say, it was me, I did it, and this is how and why, and you know, all that good stuff. Anyway, so this Kathleen movie, has a crush on Perry Mason. I know. He's dead, yes. is he? Well, <laughs> celluloid versions of <laughs> Perry Mason, not, you know. That makes Skeleton. it sound like he's like in the wax museum or something to us. Sorry, it's like I have a crush on the wax museum, Perry Mason. How very odd. Anyway, so this movie starts off with a lovely um, anniversary party, and I got to tell you, watching this anniversary party, of course, everyone is lovely and fake. Oh, I love you. I hope you have a great, uh, you know, party. Blah blah blah. But you know, the most interesting thing was one of her friends, and I'm sure they paid her to do it. I guess was throwing the party. And she is an amazing cook. Like, there was food everywhere. And I don't know about you, but whenever I'm uh, hungry and then I watch these movies, I, I just all of a sudden want to try all the food. So it was very distracting, actually. That was, out of the whole party, that's the only thing I remember going, her friend made, like, 20 different dishes at least? I mean, that's crazy. <laughs> Enough to feed everyone there. And there was, like, 50 people at this party. Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, my favorite part, actually, was after the party... Uh, he gives her her present, and her present is a painting, and it is, in my mind, one of the ugliest paintings I've ever seen. I mean, I'm sure there's uglier, but it was one of those. Yeah, it's one of, it's an abstract, but, I mean, I'm not into modern art, so I couldn't, you know, tell you anything about such things intelligently. But if you've ever been to, like, a um, motel near a beach. <laughs> exactly. <you know>? <laughs> there's, <laughs> like, pinks, right. and, yeah, and there were strange blue dots, and, yeah. Uh, like, there's very like a, 80s decor kind of thing going on. But if you squinted your eyes and kind of crossed a little, I think you could almost see a melting clown face. I don't know. That's kind of, I was like... <laughs> but it disturbed you. She was so happy to have it. go deep into those thoughts, Kathleen. <laughs> and then they put it in the bedroom, and it was like, oh. And then right after the party, they're in the bedroom, she's put up her picture, and that's when he starts crying, which was really funny, actually. The music behind it was kind of letting you know, hey, this isn't so serious, but he was crying, and we wondered why. It was because he was upset. Because he, turns out, he was, dun-da-da, in love with someone else. Not just having an affair, but for the last six months, he has been uh, having an affair, and it is in love, and wants to leave his wife and marry her. <laughs> and that was on their anniversary. I'm like, so yeah, of course, you think, when he dies, you think, uh, of course. <laughs> they did a cute little montage about the different stages of grief. <laughs> Um, and in the end, you know, um, oh, and they do have one son, a son who's in college. So they end up splitting up and, um, you know, she goes through all these stages and her friends are like, you know, she's got these two friends and they're great. One of the friends is a woman from, uh, uh, my, my big fat Greek wedding. Yeah. She's one of the aunts. Andrea Martin. And we love her, of course. Yeah. She was wonderful. Really yeah. And then the other friend too. And they were both just these crazy friends who were really there for her. And, um. And then, uh, so here we are, six months, or like a few months later, we don't know how long, and the divorce is almost final, and she comes downstairs and trips over what turns out to be her husband's dead feet in the kitchen. <laughs> well, the rest of him is dead, too, we should clarify. I don't know, it's hard to tell, I mean, you know, so feet go numb, is that like dead feet? But of course, she turns on the light, and there's a knife sticking out of his chest, and Megan's going... Don't touch the knife. Don't touch the knife. Don't touch it. What are you doing? Don't touch the knife. But then Megan's like later, well, I guess it's in her house. I guess it's okay that her prints are on it. But yeah, because it came out of her um, butcher block. So right. it's not like 
someone, the murderer, brought his own knife. Right. Or her own knife. It was like the the knife that was actually in her kitchen. So it, it would make sense if her own fingerprints were on her own knives. Right. I'm sorry. It just brings to mind that saying, don't bring a knife to a gunfight. But there was no guns there either. So it was just a strange saying. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. But anyway, so. But it's good to know. Yeah. Listeners, don't bring knives to gunfights. I mean, it just isn't very effective. No. <laughs> Though a knife is better than nothing. <laughs> But anyway, so then it's funny because she's freaking out. And all of a sudden she realizes, no, he's really dead. And when she realizes that, she passes out. Of course, right after she calls the cops. She calls the cops and then she passes out. It's kind of funny. (laughs) So then the cops come and uh, they start interrogating her. And she loves to watch TV shows about women who snap and kill their husbands. Yeah, she watched Snapped and and Forensic Files and all that kind of stuff. Which, by the way, the cop actually makes a derogatory statement about Snapped, about it being fantastical or whatever. But I'm like, Megan and I are like, yeah, it's crazy, but it's based on true stories. (laughs) I know. So, yeah, it's crazy, but it's true stories of crazy. So, just saying. (laughs) True story. (laughs) And we watch a lot of these, too. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, we do, actually. So, I think we really bonded with her on that moment, too. But it was kind of funny because she started talking... Like, you know, like, okay, now, well, this is what normally happens. It sounds, it just, it was, it was cute. Cause it was kind of like totally someone who was like, what would happen in a plot in a television show? Instead of my real life, my husband is dead in my kitchen and oh, maybe I should, you know. <laughs> right. Exactly. So she starts bossing them around about what they should do. And they're like, uh, no, ma'am, we're the ones that are going to be doing the investigation and you're going to answer our questions and that's it. <laughs> and, um. Then the media crew shows up to start doing a story, and she manages to call her son before that. But her son is... Not available. That's all we know yeah, right now. He's, he's not, not available. available. Yeah. So then uh, we fast forward to her son finally comes home, and he said he had been out of town with some friends or something, and that he, his phone had run out of power or something. So um, she goes to... her. Well, the cop comes by, and he's asked her questions. He's like, so we're going to be nice and wait to, you know, bring you in until after the funeral. And she's like, bring me in. And he's like, yeah, uh, you know, obviously, you know, don't you have any other story about maybe in a fit of rage or something or something happened, you felt threatened that you, you know, all of a sudden stabbed him. And it's like, so everyone believes she goes to her lawyer and even her lawyer believes she killed him. <laughs> the lawyer is horrible. He's like, you know. She even goes over to one of her girlfriend's houses, the one that threw her the party, and her friend's supportive, but her friend's husband is like, get out of our house. Like, you're, you're a murderer. murderer. I was friends with your husband. my friend. <laughs> All right. So it was really kind of crazy. So she starts to think, well, what can I do? Because she's like, I didn't kill him, and I don't think the cops are going to look around. And she's like, I'm going to figure this out. Because, you know, just like we, we watch so many of those crime shows, we know that if I have A plus B plus C, of course I'm going to find out who killed you know, me. No, it almost rhymed. A plus C plus C. Sorry. Anyway. Yeah, if you're dead, you're not going to be able to figure out your own murder unless you haunt people. Hey, that doesn't necessarily not happen. I mean, all the time in television happens. Why isn't it real? What about ghost hunters? There's real ghosts. Okay, I don't believe in that. My older <laughs> sister does, though. <laughs> I'm not saying that there are people around. I just truthfully don't believe it's enough so that literally can talk to you. <laughs> I'm just saying. Full sentences, no. Anyway, so. <laughs> this is not about ghosts. This is about a woman who's alive and is accused of murder. Right. So she starts. Just clarify. Right, right. So she starts, she thought, well, let me talk to the new girlfriend. She's like, I don't like her, but I'm going to go over there. So she kind of pushes her way in there. 
And the girl didn't know at first it was her. It was so funny. So when the door opens and it's her, she's trying to shut the door and she's trying to shove her way in. That was kind of funny. And she gets in there and she's all of a sudden this guy comes out in a robe. And she's like, I can't believe it. He's just dead. And you're already on to someone else? And she goes, no, that's my father. <laughs> the guy gives her a slightly weird look but says, uh-huh. <laughs> so then she gets mad. And before she leaves, it turns out this jerk of a husband, which, by the way, when I saw this, I thought she should have stabbed him herself. He gave that anniversary gift that he gave the day he told her that they were, you know, breaking up. That ugly painting, he gave it to her. So she took the ugly painting and she shoved it on top of a, a statue of an Eiffel Tower on the table. I was like, oh yeah, give me five. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. That was awesome. That was awesome. So what happens next? I don't remember. Um, I think this is when she finally decides to run, right? I think I, that's what happens next. I can't remember if she decided to run before she went and talked to her. All right, well, go ahead. Now, well, now she's on the run. Talk about that. Right. So she has um, a fake wig and she has a, a big jacket and she's wearing shades and she's gone into the city. They live near New York City. So she's gone into New York City to talk to somebody whose character name I've forgotten, who used to work with her husband. Some woman. Uh, she was an assistant of some sort. Oh, no. Mark no, the man and... first. Oh, the man? Yeah. He was a rival businessman. Oh, yes, yes, yes. He used to work for her husband and he's an agoraphobe where he doesn't want to yeah, leave, the house. leave the house. Yeah, he doesn't leave the house. So that was funny because she went in there and she kind of was like, you know, he's like, get out. And she's like, no, I'm staying forever unless you help me out on the computer. And he's like, anything to get you out of here. So he helps her kind of look into some stuff. Yeah, he's able to look up uh, call logs of who's been calling whom. And that day of the murder, who called uh, her husband and who was, he called. And, right. Like his calendar and stuff. And that's when she found out, it's funny, because I guess because they were separated, she didn't realize that he had uh, he had fired someone he had been working with. Uh, well, she found out all sorts of interesting things about this thing. One is that he had fired his marketing person that had been with him forever, and that's the girl who she goes to visit next. He, she also found out at some point that he was sleeping with someone else, and that he had broken up with that Mandy. Someone, Mandy, yeah, and that he had broken up with Mandy to be with this other girl. Um, also that he was letting his, uh, new girl kind of run the business, anything to keep her happy because he was afraid of losing her. Yeah. She was like second in control. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. And then, um, he stole that girlfriend actually from his, from someone else, uh, a dentist. Carter. Yeah. No, plastic surgeon. Plastic surgeon. Yeah. And Carter is, um, Phyllis's husband. Um, Phyllis is one of the two friends, not the one from my big Creek. Big, fat Greek wedding, but the one who threw her the party. Who did all the baking. Who did all the baking. Uh, and cooking. And so it was interesting because it was like, as we find out, you know, all these things, you know, but none of them you could tell. I mean, you could tell why a lot of people would want to kill him. But the question was, like, who actually killed him? So she goes to see the girl with the... Who was let go recently, the publicist. Yeah. And she pretends to have a gun and gets into her apartment and starts talking to her. And uh, I don't know. what Does she find out anything... I think she find out, that's when she found out about Mandy, that okay. he was having an affair with Mandy. And so she was like, well, who is this Mandy? And then she seemed to remember that her friend had talked about Mandy, was friends with Mandy. And that was the, the girl who had Phyllis, done all the cooking, the Phyllis. The one who did yeah. all the cooking, yeah. So she had, uh, was friends with Mandy, so she was like, all right, well, I need to talk to Phyllis. But before she got a chance to get any more information out of this lady, <laughs> she let the lady go and call... Behind her uh, right. desk where her phone was, and she kind of surreptitiously called security. And so then she has to run away 
And she left her purse behind, so now she doesn't have any money or anything. And, <laughs> or which her phone. Kind of, which is kind of a funny scene after she has no money. Yeah. She's starving. She's so hungry uh, that she ends up seeing uh, someone carrying a fast food bag. But this someone is, like, pushing a stroller. <laughs> I know. This poor mom is trying to get her baby in the stroller. And she's got this bag. And so she looks at it. And she decides to go ahead and steal it. And so she runs and steals it and runs away. And then she opens it up in a doorway and takes one bite out of it. And then all of a sudden... A skateboarder comes by and knocks into her. Oh, no, he steals the sandwich from her. Oh, is that what yeah, happened? Yeah, someone actually stole the sandwich from her. It was really funny. It was like... <laughs> uh, but as she thought... Are they hamburglers? Was... That's not funny. It is funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, then, so, just as she was about to lose it, uh, someone calls her name. And it uh, turns out... Her old, uh, an old friend of her son's was there. And so he's like, come home with me. And so she came home with him. And then he threatened to turn her in because he said there was like a $100,000 reward for some reason. From um, the company, uh, her husband's company had put up a bounty. And then she, they were trying to, at some point, figure out who actually did that. And when they called the place, it turns out it was, they pretending to be the assistant or whatever, Turns out it was the new girlfriend that for some reason she had put out a hundred thousand dollar reward for her to be caught. So, which makes her seem even more like suspicious. Like you know, she wants, you know, her to be the killer so that she can, you know, uh, hide the fact that she's the killer. So it's very. We were like, wait, dun dun dun. <laughs> so she stays there overnight, and the guy was just saying, "I'm just joking, your family, whatever," you know. And what do they do next? I can't remember. She decides to confront Carter, who was the man originally involved with the... The plastic surgeon, husband of Phyllis. Right. And he was involved with the... Mandy. No. No, the other one. The, the new girlfriend, the affair woman. Right. We'll just call her the affair woman. <laughs> the blonde affair woman. The other woman. The other so woman. he was involved with the other woman before um, Michael, her husband, was... And, but he was the one who introduced them. And then Michael, her husband, stole her away from Carter. So she wants to go talk to Carter, get more information on this woman. Um, so she takes, like, a prop gun that her friend, who she's staying with, um, gives her. Story, yeah. And then she jumps in his car. And she's, like, asking him all these questions. And, uh, you know, he's all freaking out. But does does she get information from him? I mean, does he tell her more about Mandy? or? I, I don't think he, he, she no. gets much out of that. I think she finds out that, you know, Mandy did have a nose. Well, no, not Mandy, but that the other woman had a nose job. Um, he found out, I think, that he, he was the one who introduced the two of them because she didn't know how they had met. Um, and I think she kind of started getting a better feel for the other woman that, oh, that she was in charge. She didn't realize what that she was in charge. And also didn't realize that her ex-husband was worried about losing her. So I think that that was a little bit more flushed out. And then she gets left in the middle of nowhere because <laughs> she gets out of the car. And then after that, she decides to call David, yeah? Ah, so she's got an ex. And, oh, I know why. So she's still trying to figure out who the heck this Mandy is. Because she's thinking, well, maybe Mandy was so upset about him leaving her that Mandy's the one who killed him. Um, but she's like, who the heck is this Mandy? So she talks to her, you know, 
She talks to her friend a little, and she doesn't get much information from her. Actually, her friend says, this is what's weird. Her friend says, Mandy is not attractive at all. Well, that happens later. Well, doesn't she? But she has to talk to her at one point before she talks to David. So it turns out her friend and this other woman, oh, I know what it is. Oh, okay. So Mandy, this main girl, she used to date this other guy, who we'll tell you is in a second. And... When it didn't work, when it, and then it didn't work out, and he married someone else. The woman he married never really liked her because obviously she always felt threatened by her. So, her ex husband, um, our main character's ex husband, um, used to tell her all these stories about uh, all his cheating and his and his flandering ways, bragging to her, and she loved to hear him because she's a gossip. And then she also wanted to hear bad things about the you know right. So. Joan is married to David, the main character's um, ex-boyfriend from college. And she's the one that Michael, her ex-husband, or soon-to-be ex-husband, is telling all this. And she loves it because she wants to know all the juicy details of how this marriage is falling apart because she hates the main character because she feels threatened by her because they used, she used to date David. Right. And... David, it was like um, they did see each other once later after the time they broke up. And so he's like almost like the one who got away kind of thing. She like was like kind of felt a little regret. Um, So we finally get to see who David is. And I was like, yay! (laughs) It was Gregory Harrison. And we both have a little bit of a crush, but Kathleen has a little bit more of a crush. Oh, my goodness. I mean, this is a guy now. It's funny. In the movie industry, guys get to do longer, be the be the star or whatever. But for some reason, they put Gregory Harrison as some side character, not love interest, too early. He is yummy. He is just yummy. He's very confident and uh, charismatic and charming, charming. Yeah. and um, just a cutie. And it's like... They never put him in the main character. And I'm like, really? So in this one, he was the love interest, which was so nice. We were both like, yeah. (laughs) So she kind of tried to blackmail him into talking to her. That didn't work. So she called back and said, I have nowhere else to go. You know, I need some help. So he meets with her and then they talk. And I think he pretty much remembers. I know this girl. She's not a murderer. Finally, someone actually thinks she's not a murderer. (laughs) And he's like, and she, she tells him that she needs to talk to his wife, but he, she knows his wife's not going to talk to him. So he's like, well, I'll call her and you can listen on the other line and I will, um, and we'll find out what she knows about, you know, this Mandy and all that kind of stuff. So that's what they do. So they go to a hotel and uh, there's two telephones and he calls her and the main character listens on the other line. And it turns out that his wife, Joan, is recovering from some sort of tummy tuck she's a peach <laughs> i she's mean like, not just from the tummy tuck but wow me? she was something else and she just loved to gossip so much that she and didn't even care to people <laughs> and it turns out of course that they were it wasn't so much that they loved each other those two characters they just both were at the time of their life where they wanted to get married and so about six months into it they both were like i don't know why we got married to each other but they just stayed together for so many years you know so anyway, so she does tell her uh, some some information. Do you not remember? <laughs> <laughs> Kathleen wants to pass to me, and I'm like, I don't know what you told her. Um, what did you tell her? Uh, she said, I mean, she knew about Mandy, and she kind of pretty much said that uh, that he definitely didn't want Mandy back, 
that um, the other girl, he was worried about losing her. And that's why he made her second in control. And, you know, killing him now bumps her up to a better position. Now she has, like, controlling interest in the company or something. And who told her about the painting and the reason why he was there? Was that her? Someone. Yeah, I think it might have been. Because now we finally figure out why her ex-husband was even in her house. What happened was that ugly painting that he, he bought the first wife and then was giving to the other woman... The other woman didn't want, and she wanted just the money from it. So he was sneaking into the house to get the bill of sale of the painting so that he could return it. I know, skeevy, but still. So um, so she found out a few things and also found out that her ex-boyfriend, as we know, David, or otherwise known as Yemi Gregory, <laughs> uh, was not happy in his marriage. So I figured that was actually more important than the whole story of why her dead husband was in her house. No, just kidding. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's most of everything we find out in that phone conversation. Um, David, even though while he's going along, is kind of cold to her at first and kind of abrupt. But then they they uh, rummage for food in a vending machine and it, it causes them to start talking about, oh, do you remember when we went to this hotel when we were young? And it was, you know, such a crappy hotel. And they start, you know, reminiscing. Yeah. And, and he opens up to why he's married to this horrible woman because the main character is kind of like looking at him during the phone call like, your wife is kind of (laughs) mean. She doesn't say anything. She just kind of looks at him like, huh. And then he goes out. Oh, okay. So then they both fall asleep on a big king-size bed, so nothing hanky-panky, which is good because, you know, he's still married. Um, And then... And no one ever wants to become the other woman when you've had another woman. I mean, obviously no one ever wants to be the other woman anyway, but definitely not them. Um, in the morning, she decides to, I don't know what, I don't think she's up to anything, but he decides to um, kind of entrap the other woman. Um, oh. And so she is going to be a publicist for his company, whatever his company is. And she's like, hitting on him and saying oh well you should hire me and etc etc and then he records this and plays it back for our main character so that she can know what was said during this meeting I don't know if they really got anything out of this whole thing no he did say to her well it's kind of funny too because we got to see how she felt about the death of her uh, of the ex-husband that was her lover uh, her face, when he says to her as she's leaving, he's like, oh, and I'm sorry for your loss. And her face, as she tried to slowly but surely find some emotion to put on it, that she was actually upset because she was not upset at all. <laughs> oh, and so we find out, too, that the guy that was her father wasn't her father. Oh, I know. Now she meets with... Uh, with okay, so let's go back. She tells her Gregory... That she can't, um, you know, she doesn't want to involve him any further because she doesn't want him to get caught with her. In oh, the, you mean the main character? Right. Okay. The main character. I'm sorry. And so her, um, the best friend of her, well, friend of her son, who was letting her stay with him, hooks her up with a different type of lawyer. Uh, his name, though, is Dovort, you are? Joey Lilac. That's Joey the only Lilac. name I remember. From yeah. <laughs> um, and Joey, uh, he kind of says, well, let me see what I can find out from the police and see how the investigation's going and try and figure out what, you know, uh, what's going on. 
And so I don't know why he, he says, I won't, I won't take any money right now. Cause obviously I know your assets are frozen and all that stuff, but he's like, you know, later we can work something out or whatever. So he was really sweet. It was an interesting thing. And he gives her information later to explain a few things. Cause she was like, when they made a mold of the tire tracks, they found out that there were actually two different cars in the driveway. Uh, and so she was like, you know, it shows that someone else could have been there. Come on. And the other thing that was strange from the beginning was, for some strange reason, her husband didn't have his shoes on. His shoes were by the front door, as if they had been muddy and he chose not to track them in the house. She's like, the whole time we were married, that man never did that for me. Why would he do it now? So, I mean, he could have just taken them off, though, not to make any noise or who knows. But that's one of the things she thought was strange from the beginning. But those were the only strange things we knew of. So, what happens next? Does she go to see her friend then? Phyllis? Or I'm trying to think. La la la. I'm going to do some music as Megan tries to access her data bags. <laughs> All right. Well, so she goes to see her friend Phyllis because she wants to find out more about this Mandy girl because she's like, I, you know, obviously his competitor is agoraphobe. He won't leave his house. So he couldn't have killed him. Um, the ex probably, I mean, the, the other woman probably uh, didn't kill him, though she could have, but I mean, she almost had everything she wanted anyway, so what's the point of killing him? But maybe she killed him to, you know, finally get control of everything. She's That's what she's doing. So she's also like, well, maybe this Mandy girl. So i got to find out about this Mandy girl. So she goes to her friend Phyllis, and uh, she's had to put on a different wig now. I have to tell you, the black wig at the beginning that she wore made her look so much younger. It looked really good on her. Um, the red wig was, like, the wiggiest wig. Like, you yeah. could see from far away. That is a wig. Yeah, it didn't look so good. And it was weird when she had a ponytail, she looked younger. Like I said, the black wig and the ponytail were really good looks for her. But the first look at the beginning of the party was not that good of a look for her. And the red wig wasn't that good of a look for her. So she goes to her friend. And how she does it is kind of funny because she's she kind of sneaks up on the back patio where the pool is. She's hiding behind a bush that's got like, you know, like it's like a topiary. So there's chunks cut out of it. Right. So you can see her. And then she takes a lemon or lime and throws it at the window, which by the way, I'm like, you're lucky you didn't break that window. <laughs> I mean, she like, it's hitting the side of the window, not the actual glass. But I was like, why do you have lemons and limes just sitting outside? That's a really weird place to keep your lemons and limes. To me, it's just asking for bugs to come. I, I don't understand it either. So she went in and talked to her friend and her friend was really sweet, but she was telling her about Mandy. And she's like, Oh no, it couldn't have been Mandy. Because Mandy is really unattractive. I mean, she's like, there's no way he would have been dating Mandy, you know? And so she's like, ah. And then all of a sudden the cops come. And you're thinking in your head, how did they know she was there? I mean, it's crazy. And you're like, did her friend tell? But I didn't even think her friend had a chance because she saw her through the window. She came out. Like, maybe her husband saw her or something. It was odd. So she starts running from the police. And all of a sudden there's someone shoots at her. And uh, and so she runs away to her other friend, which is the girl we like from my big fat rewedding. She was great. She was great in this. <laughs> so her arm has been grazed by a bullet, and uh, her friend is freaking out, like, "Oh my goodness, it's you! Oh my goodness, you're bleeding! What is happening?" Right, right. And uh, so uh, she, you know, gets a bandage for her, and then her husband walks in and sees this fugitive woman standing in his bathroom. <laughs> the husbands in this thing are like, why are you helping a fugitive? Stop helping a fugitive. No. And she told him, no, she, she did not do this. We are not, we're, you know, we were not turning her in. I'm helping her. And the other girl's like, I need, and they were talking, how did they talk about Mandy that she's like saying, well, that doesn't make any sense because 
Well, at first they need to get over back to Phyllis's place for some reason. They decided to do Maybe that. Is it so someone says no, he wouldn't date someone. Oh, that's what it was. When he ever talked about dating this woman, he always talked about her as a beautiful blonde woman, the woman he was dating before this Mandy. And so, uh, before the woman he was with then. And so they're like, well, why did Man- Why did Phyllis say that Mandy was ugly? And she's like, I don't understand. Something doesn't make sense. So, so they're that's like, when they go back. Yeah, they're like, well, we need Phyllis to go back. Place. So the other girl's like, okay, well, the only way to get you over there is they put her in the trunk. <laughs> And then she drives over to Phyllis's and she's like, I just heard uh, that um, the main character's on the loose and... She just came to my house, actually. Oh, yeah. She, she just came that. to my house and she ran away. She went that way. And I'm so upset. I need to go talk to my friend Phyllis. Can you let me go see my friend? And they're like, okay. And they wave her through. And then I guess there aren't cops like right in front. So they're able to get um, her, out of the car. her out of the car and into the house. And then there's a knock at the door, so they're all freak out, and they all three of them rush into a closet. And that's where she starts questioning her friend, and she's like, "I don't understand. Talk to me about this, Mandy." Blah blah blah. And that's when she realized, "Dun da da, there is no Mandy. It was Phyllis who was having an affair with her husband." And she's like, "I don't understand." Da da da. And then she's like, "Phyllis, why? You know what happened? Well, how could that happen? You know?" And and Phyllis is like, "No, that's not true. That's not true." And right as they're all whispering and having this whole conversation, the one of the cops from the beginning, who you would recognize, you've seen him in many things. I like him. And he was knocking on the back door. He had his gun because he thought something was wrong. And he's and he breaks into the back door and hears them all talking in the closet. <laughs> so he opens the door and then she's got her fake the gun. Main, out yeah, the main character has her. F- no, by this point she has a real gun. Well, that's because the because other friend uh, from my big fat Greek wedding had a real gun, gun and gave it to her. Right. So she's um, pointing it at Phyllis, and she's like, um, "Phyllis is the one who killed my husband. It wasn't me. They were having an affair." Um, and so, when she saw my husband walk into the house as she was coming home after Garden Club or whatever. She decided to confront him because he didn't want Phyllis anymore. He wanted this new girl. And this new girl used to be with Carter, her husband. So she's been passed over by both the men in her life by uh, for this same woman. <laughs> That's true. That's true. When you think about it, not only did the, her lover, but her husband, yeah, had, had an affair with her. And, and yeah. So. so she just wanted to confront him and yell at him. So she goes in and she like tells him off. And then he's, you know, busy trying to find this Phyllis sale. And he's just trying to get rid of her. Like Phyllis, you got to get over. It doesn't matter anymore. Like I'm not into you. It's not going to happen. Stop being so desperate and stupid. <laughs> and uh, she gets really mad <laughs> at this and sees, Oh, look, a bunch of knives and just stabs him in the chest. Well, he probably drove her to it. I mean, come on. This was a jerk. He probably drove her to it. I don't know. I would think that she would want to kill the other woman, though. Like, it's her fault that both of her relationships fell apart. Yeah, but it was just a heat of the moment kind of crazy thing. You yeah. Know, so. Yeah, so then she, of course, doesn't uh, say it was her. But then her husband comes in. And so we're like, he's like, what's going on? Blah, blah, blah. And he doesn't want to say anything. But she talks him into it, the main character. She's like... You know, tell us what happened, you know? And so finally he does say that on the night that the murder happened, 
that she... <laughs> Before that, we had this whole funny thing of how she knew it was her. And one of the ways she knew it was her was because she had been up most of the night. Because if you weren't used to killing someone, you would be all wound up afterwards. And she'd be up most of the night because she said she had baked, was it brioche or something? Mm-hmm. And when you do it right, which that woman always does it right, that means it takes a few hours. And she would have gone to bed until like 4 o'clock in the morning. And so that means she had to have a guilty, guilty conscience or was all revved up after killing someone. Which was funny because it was like, um, okay, uh, that's really good evidence. So it was really funny. But then they got the husband in and they got him to finally turn. And I think he, he just felt guilty because he knew partly it was his fault with the whole cheating thing and all that. And um, and also he loved his wife because she was like, uh, you know. So the he, main character like confronts him and is like, why were you willing to let me go down um, in trying to get your wife off of these charges and he's like well you know that's what you do for the people you love and um, I still love my wife yeah yeah so it's kind of sad because he said what happened that night was uh, he saw her she was really flushed and he knew that um, he he thought she had come she had seen him he saw her go into the house her house so he knew she had met with the ex-husband that ended up dead and he thought it was just that their their affair had started up again but then when he found out later that uh, he was dead he pretty much knew what had happened. And then he found his wife's clothes. And there was blood on them. And also the receipt for the purchase of that painting. And so he knew she had done it. And so he was just trying to protect her. And so it was funny. When she realized the gig was up, uh, Phyllis, she kind of did something funny. <laughs> she decides to run for it. Of course, her house is surrounded by police officers. So she runs, realizes she can't run that way. Starts running back towards the house. More police officers. And then just runs towards the pool and jumps in the pool. <laughs> so they're all just standing there. And she's barely moving in the pool. And they're like, could, could you get out of the water, ma'am? Get, get out of the water. You know? So it was really funny. So it was just, you know, in the end, it was her. And so in the end, they realized. And they didn't do any charges. Because she threatened the cop to pretty much say, you know, we'll, we'll go on television and tell him that I was wrongly accused if you and give you a lot of bad press if you, you know, you know, try and do charges on me for, you know, run, fleeing at the beginning. <laughs> and then also for the gun thing, too, later. Holding a gun on a cop is probably not a good thing. <laughs> not to mention the time that she uh, threatens Carter with a fake oh, gun. Right, right, right. And the time where she pretended to have a gun to strong arm her way into the uh, publicist's apartment. Right. These are all illegal things. <laughs> right. And then she destroyed the painting. And then the worst thing of all was stealing that sandwich from that poor mother. <laughs> Well, I mean, the painting, I think, wasn't it? Well, it I guess it was hers. I think it was still hers. I mean, because the, the, the divorce hadn't gone through, so they hadn't sorted out who got what. And so since he died, it's her painting. Because it oh, was his painting so. because yeah. he bought it, and then he As died. It's so her, so I really do think it was hers. It's hers. So if she, you know, yeah. split it open, that's her prerogative. So then she goes home. And she sees her son, and then her son's not alone at home because Yummy David, aka Gregory Harrison, was there with Chinese food. And uh, he said earlier, which we'll say it now, he said, "You know, the best thing that ever happened to me was you, was you being falsely accused of murder." <laughs> and uh, she said, "What did she say? That funny thing?" Um, oh, earlier, yeah, he's just kind of. Thinking about right. right, thinking about how ridiculous their whole situation is, how he's married to this woman he hates, how her life is going terribly with the whole being accused of murder, and um, she 
she yeah she says uh mrs lincoln how is the play <laughs> except for what everything else how was the play or something like right, that right. Like, so it was cute so he was really you know like he said he said that was the best thing that happened to me i think because he realized i'm not happy in my marriage i'm just coasting along i'm focused on all the wrong things and i want to uh you know so he's he said to her tomorrow you know i'll he pretty much said, tomorrow I'll talk to my wife and I'll be free. He didn't actually say those words, but it was like that. And then he leaned over and kissed her and she, she smiled and he kissed her. And that was, it was so sweet. Oh, and because they were kind of making googly eyes at each other, the son left the room. It was really cute. <laughs> so, and uh, that was it, the end. And I have to admit, we wanted to mock it. And there are definitely funny, funny moments. But it was really a cute and sweet movie. And with Gregory Harrison as the main love lead, I'm all over it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I always think it's a little silly when someone, like, runs from the law and decides to, like, pursue things for themselves. But, I mean, there's enough movies like this where I'm usually on board pretty early on. Well, I, I have, like, obviously two problems with that. One is you run for the cops. It's not easy. The cops are usually, you're lucky if someone doesn't, you know, hurt you while you're trying to run. And, you know, and then also you're going after a killer. I mean, really, this person killed once. In what type of training do you have? What type of weapons do you have? You know? So in real life, obviously, bad call, don't do it. In movies, they do it all the time. And that's kind of why she thought it was okay. Because she watched those type of movies all the time. That's more of a lifetime issue, actually, than a Hallmark issue. But, you know. So, yeah, I think uh, we've uh, reached the judgment time. So <clears throat> what should we use as our mockability scale? Hmm. Wigs? Wigs? Okay. So I would say it's like half a wig because like the things that made me laugh were Supposed jokes, you. you know, <laughs> there, there, are, there is an element of comedy in this movie. So I'm not going to say that it's super mockable, but I think it is definitely worth watching because I think I'll give it how many stars we do. We do out of five, right? Yeah. So I'll, I give it 4.5 out of five stars. I, I really liked it. Yeah, I would say I agree with the mockability because um, it was meant to be funny and it was cute and quirky and, um, you know, and it wasn't a long movie. It was only an hour and a half. So it's definitely um, it's not long. And I would give in terms of uh, uh, so I would do about the same about half a wig or whatever. Uh, and in terms of uh, the, you know, how good the movie was, I'd give it a solid four stars. I really I enjoyed it. It was cute. It was quirky. It was an hour and a half. And Gregory was the. Uh, you know, main lead. So, and she was charming. She's always charming, truthfully. But uh, in this one, she was not over the top. Sometimes her characters can be a little over the top. This was not, this was just, it was very, the whole cast actually, it was very well cast. Everyone, I think, played very well roles. The only thing, obviously, is we had a little, there was a lot of characters when you're trying to figure out who done it. So I'd have to say, we have no idea what their names were. And sometimes couldn't even remember exactly what they did or why, you know, but I, for, it was great. I, I thought it was really cute and I definitely would watch it again, actually. So I, I definitely thought you should watch that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, a little bit of news. Uh, we do have a Patreon account. So if you want to send a dime our way, you can. Um, wow. So <laughs> search for us on P A T R E O N dot com uh if you feel so inclined we would be enormously grateful um and 
I don't know. Do we have any other news? I don't think we have any other news. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I haven't. Haven't. Uh, I never done news on this. <laughs> you, you know, that's true. It's been a very busy year for us so far, and we're actually quite impressed that we've actually been able to get one out each month because I have to admit, we've had family in town. Yeah. We uh, did the crazy three day. Um, uh, past thing to uh, Magic Kingdom, which was great, but that was like three weekends that I ever gone. So it's been a busy time. But uh, oh, we actually went to the Kennedy Space Center, which I got to say is a must see. I don't know if you've been, anyone's been there since that new Atlantis um, display they put up with the big one of the last shuttles, but it's really cool. So uh, we are space geeks ourselves. So I, it was, I thought it was great. And uh, now you can see with the bus ride the SpaceX building and their new launch pad. So you know, we really enjoyed it, and my our family that won us really enjoyed it. So uh, I, I'll give a shout-out to the Kennedy Space Center. <laughs> <laughs> Though we were lucky enough to get the price of the tickets a little bit less because it was a little expensive, so luckily we were able to get a discount. But, uh, you know, uh, you know, you have that the movies included, the bus rides included. So, you know. But anyway, give it a shout-out, and uh, I think that's all for me. Anything yeah. for you? Yeah. No, I think that's it. We recommend you come to Florida. That's what we recommend. Yes, but be careful. July and August are ridiculously hot. Yeah, bring a hat. Yes, bring some sunscreen. And definitely make some pool time or beach time. So, Because, man, the only way you can handle this heat is in the water. So true. (laughs) Thanks for listening, guys. Have a good day. Bye. Bye.